Welcome to the Roll Down Podcast, hosted live on Twitch every Tuesday night. Now, here's your hosts, Cutler and Saul! Hello and welcome everybody to the Roll Down Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Cutler. Look, I've been stuck inside. For six days now, I haven't seen my family or my friends over the Christmas break. So I'm really making up with uh, lost time here. You know, the last person that I saw was Sol, and that was last week on the podcast. So <laughs> I, I need a little bit of sort of human interaction, and that's why I brought my trusty co-host Sol with me. Welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure as always to be here. Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm going to introduce my our lovely guest, a man who doesn't particularly need an introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. The young Alpha D, a man of immense talent, streaming prowess, powerful, interesting man with a great stream and a great little community. It's Dappler. Dappler, welcome to the stream. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's Uh, our pleasure. My pleasure to be here. Yeah, great to have you here. We usually start off with our guests, and we and we ask them a pretty easy question, like, "How did you get started with TFT?" Oh, um, well, that's a good one. I I always like think back myself when I started. Um, I did play it on PBE when it first came out, uh, but back then, like, I had no auto chess experience, uh, and I played it because I enjoyed the league back then, uh, and I kind of got competitive in set three when my friend like kind of reintroduced me back into the game i was like wow this game is so fun you know i'm like playing eight games per night and then i took it to ranked and i was like oh i'm actually you know, not too bad at this game so been playing ever since and uh yeah got to meet a lot of people from playing the game and uh now we're here and uh yeah thanks again for having me yeah, our pleasure our pleasure we're gonna get started because we have a bit of a big topic today and that's gonna be covering an entire four and a half hour ama that more did a couple of days ago actually it's probably a week ago um since the podcast but it's been christmas time but first i want to sort of talk about where we are right now if you're listening to this this is sort of the last week of the 2021 we are on a patch that is dividing opinion let's put it that way i want to ask from the two challenger players how they're enjoying the patch though and i'll, and I'll start with dappler dappler what is how are you going in game at the are you liking the patch? Uh, so I think with patches like these, it's always like you by playing it for a long time, like longer than two weeks, you start to realize that there's a lot more to get better at because everything has been so consistent for so long. Um, so I'm kind of reaching that point where it's like I thought I was, I thought I was good at the start of the patch. Like I thought like it clicked for me, and then over time. I realized that I got a little complacent, and now I'm kind of getting back into playing back to improve again. So I think the patch is good, though. Um, like, I, I see, I have seen myself climb, but I just think I can still squinch a little more. Uh, but I'm enjoying it so far, yeah. So what are your what are your thoughts currently on the, on the patch? You've been streaming quite a lot, you know, before Christmas, like yeah. in the week... Um, <laughs> In the week leading up, you were streaming quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about your challenger experience at the moment. And uh, yeah, I've been liking it. Uh, I think it's a pretty solid patch overall, given the state of the game. 
going into the patch. They had a lot of problems that needed to be fixed. Uh, and a lot of bugs that needed to be squashed. So I'm pretty happy with where they landed. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's obviously not perfect. There's a lot of issues. <laughs> there are a lot of issues with the current state of the game. But I think overall I'm happy with the patch. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you if you looked online or if you were sort of looking at the kind of popular opinion going around at the moment, you would think that every game was just eight people having three socialite plus a, a five cost legendary board. And it doesn't really shake up like that too often no. on, uh, Very in ranked, especially, um, especially, you know, watching a whole bunch of different people, you know, all the way up to the, to the highest ranks. There's a lot of variation going on at the moment, which actually makes it quite interesting. I will say that, okay. you know, as we go I, into I, I, I did play, I did play one love you say, it's funny you say that though, and I mostly agree. I did play one love you with Angora though, shout out to Angora in chat. I did play one love you with Angora, where five of the top six players all had Kaisa at like stage four. <laughs> and at oh, one point, Kaisa there was zero, there was zero Kaisas in pool. At one point, all Kaisas were out of pool. So, <laughs> overall, those games are very rare. I just wanted to interject. <laughs> sometimes you hit Kaiser at level 7 sometimes yeah. you just get lucky I guess mm-hmm. you know <laughs> better lucky than good sometimes in this game uh, Dapla what's your like experience with the 3 socialite board at the moment do you think it's too good like there's a lot of people out there like this needs to be nerfed into the ground like remove Kaiser from the game why does she even exist uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it I'm not going to lie it's like <laughs> I, I do enjoy the broken things when I'm able to play them. Uh, I don't enjoy them when other people have them, and I just see a GA Kaisa that I can't reach every time. Uh, but particularly, I enjoy playing Fiora with it. I don't know why, it's just a very fun champion. You see her you know, dash around, uh, and then just beat the cr- most cracked boards sometimes. Uh, it's just very fun to watch. So, like, aside from the 5 costs, even though I do like my Kaisa, I like Rosa's there. Uh, I haven't tried the Akali version or any of the other five costs that carry. Uh, I do like my Ki- uh, I do like my Fiora. I'm gonna say so. I've been having a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we're gonna be not stuck with this, but we do have at least another what one more week, two more weeks of this patch. So one more. One more uh, week. So. One more. I think. At the yeah. very least, we've got a little bit longer left to. Let's see how it, it shapes up a little bit. Is there anything that you guys are seeing at the moment that is like really not good enough? Lux, like, like aside from Lux. Lux, can we stop talking about Lux on this podcast? The Lux. unit sucks, and until they triple buff it, I'm never talking about it on this podcast again. But other champions, Lux, Lux good. <laughs> I actually think the other champions are not bad. There's a lot of stuff that's pretty good, pretty alright at the moment. I mean, I oh, uh, we're all pretty bad. Like, Katarina's pretty bad, Trundle is pretty bad, uh, Vex is fine, but not really rerollable anymore. Yeah, I think reroll is not that good, but the fast egg boards besides Lux are all pretty good. Like, I think Yone is fine, Fiora is good, Urgot is good, Genie is good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no, there's, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, but what do you think? I don't know, I think maybe, like, the one that comes to mind is maybe Samira. I don't know, I just can't seem to make it work. It doesn't feel, like, particularly amazing as your late-game carry. 
because I don't know, it sounds weird, but like all she does is damage, but she doesn't even do it like as efficiently as other carries. Uh, and then they were even gonna buff her more. They were even gonna buff yeah. her more, but like the emergency turned it down. So I think it was good that they they uh they were cautious. But mm. hopefully a few more nudges. Mm. Yeah. I think the the biggest issue with Samira right now is that it doesn't kill enough stuff late game. Like stage three, stage four, you actually do a really good amount of damage with Samira. Very, very strong. Very easy to um to hold items yep. for any any late game. It's it's just like stage five onwards. Oh man, you get in trouble on stage five onwards. Like you can't kill anything. Yeah. Like tier two yeah, Scion, tier, like Galio T. Yeah. Even uh, Brom yep. two is like provides a really hard task because Samira just gets knocked up twice, basically. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it for the better at the moment. I mean, there's not really all that much going on. Everyone's trying to play Kaiser. Everyone's trying to play Victor. Everyone's trying to Kaiser, play Carly. Everyone's Kali, playing Jin, you know, there's a lot of Jin players. Yep. Um nobody's a lot of really playing Trugath. Yeah, Ergot's pretty good. I mean, not much has changed in the last week. Really. It's it's mostly just like the all the reroll comps like significantly fell off and then all the fast day comps right now are just really broken. Mm. Yeah. Like you see Zero Samira, you don't see any Trugath, you know you occasionally might see a Cogball, uh protector Cogball game. But, uh, yeah. No Katarina, no, no Trundle. No sh- very occasionally you might see some Shaco, but, yeah. Mm. Not very many real comps. In my sort of Cogmore experience, you can't kill Galio. That's the problem. Yeah. Like, the unit, the yeah. Cogmore cannot kill Galio. I think it's more so... Cogmore without QSS, just, you want to cry. Mm. <laughs> Cogmore without QSS, you just cry at the sun, Galio, just permanently your Cog, and you can't kill anything, you're just like, uh yeah, basically, that's it. The, 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 that plus, like, your three-star protectors, they, unless you hit super early, they just get outscaled really quickly. Like, once you hit stage six, the board just melts. Like, the, the Kaiser just kills everything. It's like, ah, oh, okay. Sad noises. Yeah. And, I mean, I had an experience, you know, if you miss any of the protectors, like, if you don't have three-star for any of them, and you're, like, mm-hmm. losing health, and you have to go up, oh, boy, your board does not stay Oh, no, no, it's, it's... You have to, you have to get three-star in a board, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just everything, and then it's like a maybe a top four. Sometimes it's still a top four. <laughs> it's like you need a lot of prerequisites to make it functional. Like you need a, it's a lot more demanding, and that's just to get it to work. And then, mm-hmm. like you can get a first, but you have to mega high roll. It's everything. Yeah. Talk to me about Fiora. Exactly. You've been playing oh, a lot of Fiora. You've been practicing. You know, you've been posting in our Discord quite a bit about the sort of different variants of Fiora. Talk to us yeah. a little bit about like how the unit feels at the moment to play. Um, first of all, shoutouts to K2U, because basically I've learned all the tech from that guy. It's just... It's like the the anti-meta comp, but also using parts of the meta, like Socialite and Scholar. It just... Like, the problem with Fiora when she got nerfed from PvE is that her mana cost got uh, increased, so it would take her a while, but... You put her on the socialite square, you give her basically any damage items that aren't terrible. Uh, and she ends up, because she gets untargetable when she ults, it ends up being a really good counter to stuff like Urgot, because you can burst Urgot down. Um, if you have QSS, it's good into Jin and Messiah Brawl frontline. Uh, it's actually pretty good into Kaisa because she doesn't have to spend half the fight dashing around. Uh, assuming you can break through the frontline in time. 
it's yeah, it's just like a very bursty version of what we have for other social like Kaisers. Because Kaiser is like the, the the deal damage to everyone. Like you either kill everyone or you kill no one with a few missiles up uh, up up there. Um, but Fiora would just yeah get like burst early, and then even like splashing like if you run Yone, and then you splash or like even um mercenaries. I've seen like Gidoff do this, where you just splash a Fiora or Fiora two. Um, and then you cash out because she actually bursts a lot of units pretty quickly. So yeah, it's just a very good champion, and then having the stuff around her that enables it just makes her quite strong, I would say. Nice, yeah, really cool. Do you think like she's sort of a unit that doesn't really excel all that much with like the innate buffs that she's given? She's kind of just got a lot of base damage, really. That's yep. like her best, her best quality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I love that about the game at the moment. That it feels relatively sort of back and forth, um, except for the games when everyone in the top four has Kaiser, and then it just feels like a mess. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's. I think that's the. I think with Fiora, that's probably the coolest thing. That's like taking her so long to catch on. Or obviously she's been buffed a bit, but like people are realizing that like you don't actually build her around Challenger at all. Yeah. And that. Yeah, she's more like a eighty. She's more like a caster than anything. So, what's a builder yeah. with a lot of things that are can tank for a really long, can heal for a really long, and then she'll eventually outscale the fight and kill everything. But yeah, yeah, mana gen, even AP, hmm. um, not challenges because goddamn, she has a lot of bugs right now with challenges. Yeah, 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 exactly. And challenges are so squishy anyway, right? Like you, you don't really want to run challenges. Yeah, you really would not. Like, I think Kaisa's the one you usually play her with if you play Challenger, but otherwise you don't really want to play Challenger with Fiora. So yeah. yeah. This is not the patch to want to play a weak frontline. Oh, absolutely. You cannot yeah. play you cannot yeah. play stuff that dies oh, pretty quickly on this patch right yeah. now. Uh, you will not be pleased, basically. <laughs> you know, there's basically no yeah. no joy for you in playing like a weak frontline right now. Oh, guys, we have a like, Relatively big topic to move on to, but I will let you get one last word, that's all. Oh, okay. I just want to really quickly add that like vertical Yone without like upgraded Braum is just an auto ape, I feel like. <laughs> and then it's I will it, with Braum it's like pretty good. But yeah, if you don't have frontline this patch, it is uh, not great. Yeah. And uh it reminds me very much of the sort of Sejuani uh Aatrox sort of late patches of support. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Good time. That was good time. Where it was every every board had Sedge 1 and Aatrox 2 or Sedge 2 and Aatrox 1. Like it was just you just kind yep. of traded it with everybody. That's kind of what it feels like right now but at least yeah, there's like three like more, there's three more options than the previous time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's not as bad as Sephor because Sephor everyone just had the same frontline. Like Sephor literally everyone was, was yeah. just Sedge 1 and Aatrox. Because they were both vanguards, right? <laughs> they were both focused mm. vanguards. Everyone just had the same problem. But yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we have a nice sort of. We have different options, but it does. It definitely feels like. It definitely feels like we're sort of getting to the point where it's kind of like meat shields, yeah. plus backline. Sure. Uh, it take, usually takes a lot longer to get there. Uh, in a patch, usually like the last like month of a set is like, oh, I'm just gonna play meets and then cool backline stuff and that's it but you know there's a little bit of mixing it up right now which is very cool very cool indeed
big topic of the episode, the Mord Dog AMA. It's old by the time that this comes out. Not old, but it was a week ago. Um, and we had to stop for Christmas. You know, we can't talk about this every day as much as we'd love to. We've sort of picked apart about 10 or so questions from the AMA that we wanted to discuss, go through and sort of hear Mort's opinions on it, and then kind of give our own opinions, see uh, see if they match up, see where uh, we see the game going, see if sort of the main designer of the game sees the similar things, and just sort of chat about it. Let's get into it. First things first, we have, and sorry, it is a very long list, so I will have to read it for just one second just while I sort I sort us out. So the first one that we're going to talk about is what was asked about assassins. And as a vehement assassin hater, I can say <laughs> that it's really good to be a part of a group of, of fellow haters of sin players and sins in general. So Mort was asked if um, assassins sort of, at some point in every set, they're always a problem, but they're always there. So how are, are they thinking about ways to change assassins in the future? Are they thinking about ways to make it make them better, worse? Are they even thinking about not bringing them back? You know, do they do they see that assassins are a problem? Um, yeah. uh, Mort's basic answer, realistically, was that the sin, the mechanic of assassins will always exist. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and that. The idea is that they're unsure how they should scale assassins, but they want assassins to have multiple different avenues to damage. Um, I will go last on this one because I hate assassins, so I'm going to have a different opinion probably to you two. But I'll, we'll yep. start with Dapple. Dapple, what are your thoughts on like the mechanic of assassins? You know, jump to the back line, crits. You know, kill the carries, try and clean up. It's been here I mean, for no, a long time. No, it's super good. I think I I definitely agree when uh, he mentions that the like a necessary part of the game. Like, it's probably the main answer to when you see they have their fourth row carry and they don't have anything third row, and it's kind of like exposed from the front. But then in front of them on the first row is that that huge tank that you just can't deal with if you're running front to back. Mm-hmm. So it's it's completely necessary, and and then that's just only talking about. Assassins in the late game, assuming you've like been running assassins and you can build up to that point. Uh, and then you consider the opposite of that, which is early game assassins, where you don't have a good board, you need to kill units, you need an easy way of that doing that, and they have a one star backliner that's kind of isolated. And like, I like the example that he gave with Kha'Zix. He was basically saying that Kha'Zix is like probably one of the most ideal uh, one cost assassins, or just assassins in general, I would say at that point, because. Yeah. It kills you. Like, it does what it's meant to do. Or it does what I think the players want it to do. Um, and then I was also having a think about, like, oh, well, you know, if that's probably, like, the, the pinnacle of great assassins throughout the sets we had, then what are, like, some of the, the worst assassins? And then the instantly the first thing I would think about is Viego. Like, Literally? Yeah. Like, okay, I would have a different answer, but okay. <laughs> as in, like, how it, how it feels to players to see a Viego and then just right. see you carry just... Because what it was, is, was it wasn't 
it didn't even need to be a one-shot assassin at that point. It was just a eight-second stun assassin, uh, which didn't really feel good. Especially because it's a low mana cost, so sometimes it can actually break free and then restun. It just it did not feel right in that in that last bit. Um, Interesting. And then like other callouts like Shadow Frozen Hot Diana from Lasset. Good stuff. Like that thing was so broken, but it was like so fun when you had it. And then when you see it jumps on your carry, it's just like, oh man. I enjoy playing the game. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah. And then one of my most favorites, but still broken, was pre-nerf Enlightened Talon. Oh yeah. Uh, with the resets. That that was super fun. Like it, it's like there are some that are really good and hit hit the spot, and there are some that are broken but still fun when you have them, and there are some that just don't feel amazing to players. So those are that's kind of my thought of assassins. I think they'll they'll always be a necessary part of the game. Maybe not in like the same form. Like I think like having uh, the infiltrators from set three, like that was a fun variation. Hmm. Um, where they did yeah. a similar thing, but they're Ability reset was different. It was attack speed. Yeah. yeah. Gaining attack speed. Like, it still helped them achieve what they wanted to achieve, which was to kill a young master, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, in, like, a slightly different manner. I think that, like, having variation in, in types of assassins will, will be great. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? I, I think of a very different assassin than anything that you've said. I think about set 2 Zen as, like... Oh, a, God! Oh. As a, oh, as, God! it wasn't even a... It wasn't even really a, a quote unquote assassin, but the the, yep. the stuff that it had made it just so unbelievably ridiculous to play against. Yep. I mean, set three Shaco is a good example. Yeah, set four Kane. Oh, um, I like set four Kane. Was a, you okay, know yeah. a different, but they like went invisible. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean Shay Shade is basically assassin to be fair. Yeah. Almost so like what are your one. what are your thoughts on? On assassins. Assassins? Uh, okay. Uh, I find it really... Okay, so I find it really interesting that Apple used Jaeger as an example, as his most hated one. Because I feel like, by that logic of Kha'Zix being, like, the most well-designed assassin, Viego should, by the exact same logic, be one of the better assassins they've designed. Because Viego is single target. Uh, he can be punished via positioning. And... I, but I think it just feels really bad to play against. Which I understand. Yeah. But, yeah. I feel like the worst assassin they've designed is, is Diana. By a long shot. That unit is... <sighs> okay. To quote Mort, right? To quote Mort. He even said that, like, the two worst assassins they've ever designed are Diana and Fizz. Because they punish you for, like, doing... Like, they punish you for what's intuitively, like, like the counter to, like, positioning around Sins. Where, like... You backline your tanks and stuff, but the Sins can't stuck on. But like things like Diana and Fizz just punish you because they just blow up your like they just AOE your entire board anyway, right? So I think like and they, he also mentioned that like moving on, they want to really avoid giving Sins access to AOE abilities, especially like AOE CCs. Um, to just like really quickly jump back, um, I think obviously I I, I believe that like Sins are into like just the sim mechanic of the unit jumping into the backline is sort of integral to the game and will should always exist. I think the game would be really it would lose a dimension. It'd become very one dimensional if everything was purely front to back and every fight was just like how fast can I chew through the front line, right? I think Sins absolutely need to exist for that metric. 
I really, really want them in set seven to like not have sins scale with crit for once because we've played three sets in a row now where sins have scaled with crit every single time and it's getting really boring. I feel like it's re- I feel like it's sick for a lot of people when like it's really boring to see best in slot uh, like best in slot assassin carry be like infinity edge guardian angel plus one every single set. But guardian angel is a different thing. But like the fact that they scale with crit means that like infinity edge will always be the best damage item, which I think narrows a lot of decision making and a lot of different other options for itemization. But those are just my general thoughts and sense. You see a lot of the understanding of their desire to change sins in this set, I think, especially with Echo, because Echo's is an AoE ability, but it doesn't AoE exactly where he's jumped to, which is like one of the biggest issues with the, the ones that they consider to be bad design. It actually, his ability generally goes away from him. And it goes to the biggest clump. So unless you're like hard clumped right on top and Echo jumps into the middle, he's never ulting exactly where he is. Which is actually probably, just despite Echo being a balanced or unbalanced unit, it's actually a balanced way to make the ability, I think. No, yeah. Echo is well designed for sure. Echo is yeah, like yeah. really well designed for sure. I really like Echo this set. So I think I like that's, quite a, that's quite a nice, like roundabout way of saying you can see that their designs have changed a little bit that's what they want um whether or not the ones that the rest of them the rest of the assassins in this current set work or not is is kind of up for debate really but i also think that if their pinnacle is karzix then they don't they don't have a karzix in this current set i don't think i don't think uh, they've nailed this talent talent I think Talon's yeah. fine this set. I think he's one side. I think Katarina oh, okay. is is the infuriating assassin design this set. Mm. Katarina just like when she was broken, like it felt impossible to play against, right? Because like she just jumps all over the place, and like you just feel like you can't really position for it. But yeah, it's like that feast or famine kind of mm. situation, right? Because because mm-hmm. man, like I don't know, I don't know what spot I was in. I just tried to write, run as Katarina too as an idol holder, yeah. and it's like. You either get six owed or you Oh, oh you six of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well great. Now I'm ping ponging. So that's fine. I think I think Katarina's always gonna be like that though. Just the nature of her champion kit in just League of Legends. Like if you think back to previous sets Katarina's, it's very similar. Like Sapphire Katarina, like she just again dashed all over the place, didn't really care about yeah. positioning. I thought Katarina was probably the better one where like positioning actually did matter because like she had the like speed thing. But yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I don't mind that assassins exist. I just think that they have, until probably, aside from Katarina, this set, probably they haven't really worked out a way to make them feel fair to play against for a long time. Like, you, you never felt like it was fair to play against Nocturne, Assassin, oh, yeah. Fiddle. You never really... Oh, so was the most... Yeah. Sapphire yeah. was the most bullshit. I think Sapphire <laughs> was like easily the most bullshit. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. if you even go back to set three with infiltrators, it didn't. You never felt like it was completely unfair to play against Darkstar Shaco. Like there was, there was probably yeah. one one patch where where I think they buffed Shaco and it was re- it was like the yeah. only thing to play. Like, but that was just Darkstar in general. I think there was that patch where everybody played six Darkstar. Yeah. Everyone. Um, yeah. Because I, mean, I was just after Zerath got released. 
I mean, the Sin Combat Stuff 3 was Mech. Let's, like, like, let's be yeah. real, though. Mech is easily one of the most marked levels of the game. So. Exactly. I mean... <laughs> so... But, but I think I think Evil was broken in Set 3 because of Mech, though. I think if Mech doesn't exist, then it would be a very different story. But yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Very true. And uh, obviously, that's a whole other issue. Kaisa was another reason that that credit was broken. Never Kaisa? Yeah. Never yeah. Kaisa. Never Kaisa. Oh, the good old days. Anyway, let's not go bogged down in that. I think Mort's right. I think that if they go away from the definitive, like, AoE abilities being a, tra- a trait of a one assassin every set, great. That's good. I think they, there's way more room to make interesting single-target assassins. Uh, Viego is not. I agree with that point. Viego is a, an absolute horror show. That was a serious miss <laughs> for what they wanted to do. Yeah. That was a... a it was like it was, it was, it was basically broken. a trade, a one unit trade. I mean, it's broken for sure. I yeah, play, no, I play one Viego. I get one of your unit. That was basically okay. Okay, but I think trade. it was like better towards the end when it actually like nerfed his one star damage. But yeah. for the most part, like oh, one well, star Viego. Okay, well, one star Viego was just killing anything. That's what it was like broken for sure. That, I, yeah, when the scaling yeah. was so whack and it yeah. like revved up. It, like, doubled per second, basically. That was yeah. when it was... Like, I don't think anyone realized how much that is when it Average. doubles, because yeah. it's times two, and then the next second it's multiplied by two of that instance, and then the next second it's times two again. So it's, it's, it's like, exponential scaling. Well, it is exponential scaling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when they made it that... Yeah. I think when they made it that one star didn't kill, but just CC'd, was, I, it was when I think they hit the sweet spot. And then two star yeah. was, like, still really, really good. But, like, yeah. at that point, it's a two star... It's a two-star five cost. It should probably be good. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Moving on to the next portion of the AMA. Uh, Guardian Angel. Big one. Yeah, tough one. Big one. Um, The question essentially asks, for previous sets, the interaction with people dying during GA has been considered way too overpowered. And you've removed it. Uh, they use uh, Aphelios as an example, set for Aphelios, as an example of removing a death animation mechanic with GA. Um, we're sort of back to it now. Yon and Urgot, both abilities continue to go while in GA. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kaisa does as well. Yep. Like Her, her yep. things continue to go even while she's in there. Um, Kaisa is different though, but yeah. Yeah, Kaisa's a little bit different to those two because she's um, not melee, basically. Like, not, like, one tar- like one square. Um, they, they ask a lot of questions about whether or not this interaction is deemed fair, like, what their opinion of it is, what Mort's opinion of it is, and uh, they, they basically suggest that it's a frustrating mechanic. Um, yep. Mort's answer to this question was basically that they don't have a simple solution to this problem, but they recognize that it is an inconsistent issue that they need to work on. Sol, do you want to talk a little bit about this sort of question sure. at large? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the thing I should probably add, I didn't put it in the notes, but we're reading them off of, but uh, Mort did also importantly mention that um, moving forward that what they really do need to do is they need to up the clarity on the the differences between sort of how spells work. So, like, Urgot and Yone, for example, their spells are more akin to channels, whereas a Kaisa Ultimate is more akin to a cast, if that makes sense. Mm. 
I think, like, ideally, right, what more the team wants to do is they want GA to be an item for you to guarantee your cast. So, like, GA should be an item that lets your cannon ulti go off from, like, like if you think back to, like, Sephora cannon, where he would lightning the whole board, like, your cannon ulti, your RE spirit bomb, your GP ulti from set 3, Kaisa ulti in this set. But it probably shouldn't allow you to maintain a channel such as, you know, Aphelios turrets, Ergot machine gun, Yone spirit, right? I think that that's like, like that's probably what the more target like more in the team want out of um, out of the item, and I feel like I'm in the same boat. I think that I think GA being a way to guarantee that you know your unit cast a spell is really nice. I like that also. GA is a nice carry item in that like it helps protect vulnerable backliners like Jin from assassins. But I think that GA when it's on like a unit like Urgot, a very high DPS class kind of unit. It just gets to keep machine gunning your units while he's like dying. I think that that's when it's like you know sort of over the line and that's not very fun. But yeah, yeah, definitely your thoughts. Um, I was a good trip down memory lane because I remember about the GAFLDS interaction from set four, um, which also made me realize that they have the ability to remove specific instances of this interaction, um, even though it's like technically something that's baked in from League of Legends, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's 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 gonna be part of the game because TFT is part of League of Legends and they use assets, uh, code design, whatever that comes from the League of Legends team, which is probably where this interaction came from. Um, where was I going with this? I think, like, because, uh, for me, I kind of got used to these interactions and like knowing that. Now that that's how they get strength, right? Like a GA Urgot is how it becomes strong because even though it dies, it needs to be still able to have a chance to get the cast off uh, and then end up killing some more units. And then it's like something that I kind of learned to play around. Like even when, when Aphelios is strong, it's just like, oh, you know, at worst, it's like a one unit loss because the rest of the units are kind of wads. Um, but I agree, like, it, I don't think it's healthy for the game because it's not always consistent and like the kaiser thing wasn't consistent until last mm -hmm. patch i think or two patches yep, ago last patch. Last patch. Mm -hmm. uh because i was running ga kaiser back then and i'm like in my mind i'm thinking oh, okay intuitively like if she's gonna cast like if she's through like halfway through her pathing while she dies she should be able to reach the end of a path in ga and then she mm -hmm. that she should be able to cast but that's not how it works so there definitely needs to be Clarity, like I'm not sure what their approach would be, like because I'm not a designer or anything. But from a gameplay perspective, you, you, ideally we know what it is before it happens, or ideally we know which spells remain and which spells don't remain before we try the GA on the unit. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's a good. It's an interesting one, isn't it? More talking about clarity is very important, I think, when it comes to this. Before a set comes out, we should really know if a unit has a GA interaction like that, kind of. I think it would be necessary, and I also think it would make everyone feel a little bit... Like, you would understand it more. You'd be like, oh, okay, so this unit can still cast when it dies. Okay, that's good to, that's good to know, because that means... I can put GA on it reliably. It's not mm -hmm. like you don't get two weeks into playing 
with Yone and in the set, and you're like, oh man, God, remember Aphelios? Why can't they just do that to this unit? It's so annoying. It's probably like, <laughs> like yeah. I thought they didn't like that, you know? Because right now yeah. it's like, when you think about those units, you think like, well, they've got rid of it in the past. Why? So why is this? Why is this okay? Tell me that it's okay and that you allow it to be okay, and then I don't have to complain about it anymore. Really? Well, that is worse than the Yoda meta, right? Because because to make things yeah. he took like compound problems, his clone was even bugged. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it was even worse than the Yoda meta. So yeah, yeah. Um, so it's an interesting one. I think that there's pro there's a lot that they can do to make it feel better for players going into a set because you don't want to sit there for two weeks like with the Yoda meta, for example. And even though you don't know that this, there's a crazy bug that's ruining everything. You do at least know that, like, oh well, it's the clone's supposed to be there when GA goes off. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I get that. I'm not gonna. I don't need to complain about that. Maybe I then can complain about the clone does too much damage, or Yone does too much damage, or the attack speed of Ergot going up in GA is really annoying because he just gets all his health back when he comes up, or whatever it may be. It's not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily matter, but. The idea should be that it's consistent, and you should be able to feel like it's consistent. Um, I don't know if there's like a neat way to change GA. I feel like yeah. it should still. I think that ideally, it's as I said earlier, as like I mentioned earlier, that they distinguish uh just in like the units like ability text, right? They distinguish between a cast and a channel. And that I think that GA should work for casts, but not for channels. I think is ideal. I think GA probably should not work for things like Ergot and Yone, but it absolutely should work for things like Kaiser. Yeah, it's an interesting one because <laughs> it's great that we have access to GA. It's a really cool item. It's really nice, yeah. really good, and underrated on like frontline style units. So. I mean... Oh, dude, guys, here's a thought. Here's a thought. Here's a thought, real quick. Could you imagine mm -hmm. if, like, it worked on Jen? <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> if Jen kept firing bullets? And yeah. While he shoots nasus, nasus? <laughs> I, I can imagine how it, and bad... I can imagine they would get rid of it immediately. <laughs> yeah, how bad would that feel? <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Oh, it's actually so funny. Actually, that's a, that's a, good, that's point, a right? good point, though. How does it not work on Jen? <laughs> no, I know why it doesn't, but. Like, the difference, or, uh, like, for us, we we like to think of abilities between like casts and channels, like and then you bring up the the Jin example where he's, where he's technically auto attacking. Yes, Jin's auto attack. That's why it doesn't work. Yeah, that's why it doesn't work because it yeah, but it, all, yeah, all it doesn't work. But then like, what is Ergot's ability? Are those just a lot of autos? It's 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 like Lucian ulti. It's not autos at that point. It's it's like a spell. Yeah, as you said, it's yeah. like a spell where the damage is from instances of autos. I don't, I don't know. I'm, like, it's, running in circles. Yeah, okay. it's, like, for, for like, the, the, the design team that has to think about a solution that works for everything in the future, like, how do you even begin to tackle this? How because do you even like, write it, right? Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like the problem's not really with, like, what the abilities do. It's more like, I, I feel like the problem begins from Champions of League have animation times when they cast an ability. Like that that blue bar that appears like um when you cast. Mm. Like like I'm thinking about like Heimer when he does his triple cast. It takes longer than his like single cast. Like what happens if he dies 
in between like one and two or two and three? Like, is he still going to get the the loss? Yeah, this will still keep off? going. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's a weird do, yeah. spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if like I was thinking like a quick fix, like a really terrible quick fix, is just to reduce the invulnerability time and make him come up faster. Oh, but no, that's like yeah. a that's like a band aid. Um, that's like a really small band aid to a really big scar. It's like a terrible. Yeah, they need to. They need to do. I mean, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta give your unit some time to get the aggro. I mean, can you imagine if like your gym goes down and it gets back up in like half a second and the totality immediately reaggroes and kills your gym again? Good stuff. Like, good stuff. Yes. I would be so angry. High value item. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta give some time to the aggro. Yeah, at least a second. Just kills it, revives, kills it again. Kills it again. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. For sure. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Um interesting one. That was that was a big one that I wanted to talk about was GA, I think. That's a really interesting one. And I mean if anyone's got any opinions on GA in the chat, you know, feel free to let us know. We'll tag us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Anything like yep. that. Uh alright. Next question what was asked. How do you guys distinguish a bad slash unhealthy meta from a good one? What do they what do they think specifically? So in sort of the I, I it's sort of like a well, more senses basically like an ideal meta, right? You basically want to have uh, multiple champions in each sort of cost bucket uh, be able to succeed as a carry. So in like a perfect meta, right? You would be able to reroll for some one cost, some two costs, and some three costs, two carries. At the same time, there will be some four cost comps, you know, that you can fast pay for. And there should also probably be some legendary comps that you can play around as well. This is a utopic ideal world. In reality, this is almost never the case. Uh, and they tend to distinguish uh, a sort of healthy, and like they, t- they tend to distinguish like a healthy meta as a meta where like you can play like a reasonable amount of different carries, um, where you can reroll and you can fast eight. And an unhealthy meta is one where like. Even if you can play a lot of different carries, if there's only one right right way to play the game, then it's unhealthy. So, for example, like if you're in a meta where it's purely correct to fast eight, then that's not very good. If you're in a meta where you can only re-roll, that's also not very good. Even if you can play a lot of different comps. But yeah. Oof. Is this the, is this the question where he also said that re-roll is? What did he say exactly? Like he said re-roll. Oh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's, it's good. Like, yeah, it's good for the game. Yeah, yeah. it'll always be good for the game. It is good for the game. Yeah, yeah. re needs to exist. Because you don't want to force players to do a specific thing. Like, reroll essentially makes fast eight healthier because it exists. Yeah. It punishes punishes people greeting fast eight. So reroll inherently needs to exist. Yeah. As everyone just gets to play five costs. And then at the same time, like, fast eight needs to exist. Otherwise, why would you ever level if you can just... Yeah, otherwise you're just pressing D. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it creates um, a dynamic game path for everyone even though oh, because solely because everyone's doing different things yeah and that that creates a healthy game um for sure but i for unhealthy metas i think it's obvious like when you don't feel satisfied coming out of a game because like or or coming out of like multiple games like let's just say you play a session of games and then you realize that something is been problematic over multiple games now um that it just doesn't feel like you don't we don't want to go back to play because you already know what you might expect to be a problem again that's probably 
an indicator, a bad indicator. Another, um, another indicator of, I'll start with good meta. I want to, I want to start with like Mort's answer to a good meta where everything is possible. Um, have we ever had that? Ah, uh, maybe at a few points of the game. Close. I have to really think about it. I would say set hard. five, the end of set 5.5. It's, like it's the last usually month. towards the end. Yeah, it's usually mm. towards the end of an entire set's life cycle that they arrive at like the perfect patch. Yeah. But it's just, it's just really hard. It's just really, really hard to get everything into the state of It takes them a while to get it right. And that's totally fine because it's a fucking hard thing to do. Yeah. So... Like, uh, can, I just, can I just point out that I get really annoyed when I whenever I see people say things that I, like, just, what are these why can't these devs just balance the game better? Like, I feel like that that's just the most unproductive and unconstructive thing you could possibly ever say. Like, if there's something wrong with the game, can you, like, I'm just I'm just saying this as, like, a public service announcement. If you feel like there's a problem with the game, can you just, like, point it out and be like, why is X thing with the game so broken? Or, like, why is X thing feel so bad at playing games? Don't say things like, why can't the devs just do a better job of balancing? Like, that doesn't mean anything. And, like, you have to understand that, like, this game is really hard to balance, and that, like, uh, the perfect meta almost never exists. Like, you're never gonna be in a spot where, like, you can literally play, like, you can play almost anything, right? It's just really hard. So, yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to get on that rant real quick. It's the equivalent <laughs> of, like, going into a chat and just saying, just hit. Or, like, why didn't you just hit? Yeah, it's like, oh, it's just that easy. I was like, oh, thank you. What did I think of that? And they take a lot of, um, they take a lot of flack for the last month of a patch as well. Like, when the game's yeah. really good. They're like, oh, the game's too good. Like the game's too fine right now. Like it just everything feels like good. <laughs> like, oh, this is yeah, such a shame. Where's my like broken like, comp that wins every game? Why do I have yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you can't please yeah. people, man. You really can't make people happy. happy. It's insane. Like I just don't get it. <laughs> Players are are like when you when you go into this, this like damn space and you do great yeah. things for other people. It's like you. you you hear a lot of people say, like, users don't know what they want. And that's true. They really they don't. don't. They don't. They really don't. Like, like if users do what they wanted, like, we wouldn't good. have jobs that catered to those users, right? Like, they would oh, just yeah, be able yeah. to fix the problems themselves, but yeah, it's because exactly. they think they know what they want, present, uh, they try to explain it as best they can, but they, they don't see, like, all the possibilities or, like, efficiency and things like that, like, like they're, they're designers for a reason because they understand yeah. that they have to do things in certain ways to appeal to more people because it's like it's been proven like it works like that. Like even when I was watching the AMA and like hearing what dog have like these heuristics that he goes through, like it makes sense and I understand like why he sticks to them because they work and they have been working and he's like worked for as a designer like since uh, not like ten plus years I think. Like he understands more than a guy coming in to play TFT for like two months and it's like oh chatting it's like oh this is broken yeah. put it into perspective right we literally went from a patch where not people were non-stop complaining about reroll comps and now those exact same people are complaining that it's nothing but fast dated legendary comps like bro <laughs> i don't know what you want it's like i just don't get it sometimes yeah <laughs> it's like that yeah. simpsons it's like that simpsons meme it's like you guys want a fast eight oh yeah you guys want a fast eight meta with uh, ability to play legendaries, yeah. But you guys also want reroll comps to be really, really good and the best thing to play, yeah. Yeah. So you guys, so you guys don't know what you want, yeah. It's like, 
<laughs> it really is. It's it's literally the itchy and scratchy like kid focus group meme. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. And that's how TFT kind of goes at the moment. So with all that being said, I will say that the perfect metas that we've had, people have bitched about. The end of set 5.5 yeah, was some of the thing. most interesting and yeah. entertaining TFT you could possibly play because it was so nuanced and everything was good enough to top four if you were good enough. Yep. Um, and yeah. then the game's like, people are like, this yeah. is fucking boring. Fuck this. The, the, the end of 5.5 yeah, is like the perfect example. You can literally play any four cards in the top four. You can literally reroll like a whole bunch of things in top four as well. You can go level nine. Playing. You can go level nine. Like, yeah. You know, you can reroll three costs, two costs. Like, the so costs. there is a there is an ideal world out there that exists, and people I think are not used to it taking a while to get there, which is okay. Um, but I will say that do you need to let them get there basically? at the moment yeah because every new set is a new set for them as well they haven't been playing the set for much longer than we have like maybe yeah. the set's been in development for a few months at a time right but going from i don't know 6.5 to 7 like they're still balancing an entire set you know at in the meantime while they're developing another set and play testing units in another set they're not like playing live games because they don't understand how live players are going to interact with the units so they have yeah, a, for sure. yeah. a significantly they basically have the same amount of time to play the game at a proper level as everybody else yeah as an aside to that just to quickly tack on to that Mordok has specifically said that like if he's in the works of trying to make this happen but right needs to approve it He's specific, he actually wants to hire a team of like high elo challenger players to like just play test the game for him. Like like prior to like sets coming out. And I think that would be like really, really helpful. But yeah. I agree. I really agree. That would be, that <laughs> that would, would be really, really helpful. That'd be very that'd be very fucking helpful. Imagine if you could have an extra six weeks to understand the nuances of a set so they know where the issues may pop up. You know. Obviously, it's probably going to give those few people a little bit of a an edge, let's say. But you know, we need the we need the game to sort of make sense for everybody, and the the, pa the patches to the patches to kind of work ideally. Because the yeah, game, sure. if the game takes six months to make work. Then you've got four weeks of, a, of the game that they really wanted. You know? Oh, okay. So now we're, we're, we've got the perfect version of the game. But 50% of the people that started playing aren't playing it anymore. So there should be a little bit more leeway. I really like the idea of them, like, starting the process of learning about a, an actual set earlier. Yep. yep. Not an easy sure. thing to do. Uh, let's, no, oh, absolutely not, yeah. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? Mort had a lot to say about Spatula, basically, mm. <laughs> is what's going on. Uh, Mort, for those of you who don't know, on Twitter, Mort did a big compilation effort of one of the most broken TFT comps in history. Place your bets. 
Um, three of those top four included a spatula, basically. A spatula, like a necessary spatula to kind of take it over to the very top level, you know, being a top four comic, being yeah. a top one comic. Um, Mort was basically asked, like, they, you know, they brought in time, they've made some changes to Spatula. What are your thoughts on Spatula? Can you fix it? Is it broken? What do they want to do with it? So. Um, yeah, so they, you know, they mentioned, I mean, I think we'll talk, we'll, t- we'll touch on this in a later question, but Mort has mentioned that, like, he and the team firmly believe that, like, if you put like the major the vast majority of team players, I think as as like semi competitive players who play like you know on somewhat like the high elo end of like battle, we tend to forget that like we probably make up like ten percent nine percent of the entire player base. That there's a ton of other people who play the game a lot more casually, a lot more less seriously. Um, and so going back to what I was just saying, more than the team believe that like, and I tend to agree with this. That the most important thing when it comes to an auto battler like TFT succeeding is that the game is has novelty. And what novelty means is that like there are really exciting things that you can do with like building a team. Like the game is at its most fun when like, you know, you put together like a really insane like synergy and we can bring this we'll tie this with the whole the whole special thing, right? The game is at its most fun when like you have like a transformative spat that just completely changes how the unit behaves. Like uh, we can use uh, Mage Swain from set 4.5 as an example, you know? Swain by himself, you know, just a 5 cost, he's strong. You put a Mage Hall on him and then boom, this guy's like 6k HP, siphoning your entire team, unkillable. It's like, that's insane, right? And that's really, really fun for a lot of people. Uh, a really classic, another really classic example is like Protector Aurelian Soul from uh, set 3. Where oh. he's, just lit- he's just unkillable, endless shields, flies around the entire board, just kills everything with his fighter jets. Is, are these things broken? Absolutely. But are, like, are they some of the most entertaining and fun experiences the game has to offer? Absolutely. So it's a really fine line that they have to walk between making spats exciting and transformative and like 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 these things that you chase for, but also have them in a state where they don't damage the competitive integrity of the game, right? And uh, Moore has specifically noted that in set 6 and 5, uh, they've basically failed on the uh, novelty end of this in that Spats have not been particularly interesting to play with. I think I'll give them some psych, and I think that I think that the set, spats in set five were actually quite good because just because they were dubbed there were twice the amount of spats with the shadow spats. But I think once we got to five point five, the spats got pretty boring, and I think that's it so far. Like the spats have been pretty boring as well. Just a lot of uh spats that just like don't really change the units at all. They just add more numbers, right? Uh, Nays in chat mentioned Dustfat Jin. Like Dustfat is an early, is a good one, right? Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that they can't do is litigate. Like, they cannot be, make innovative champions and be like, oh shit, but what if Demolitionist Spat's really good on a unit that makes a bunch of spaceships and floats around? Like, because they, they want to make a cool dragon that is a spaceship and dances around and throws a bunch of smaller spaceships out and does a bunch of damage and does really cool shit. So their their first priority really should be to make cool units. And yeah. then the second priority really Absolutely. sort of has to end up being, well, can we make, like, is there a way to prevent the items that can be placed on this unit from, like, being too overpowered? 
basically. Mm, mm. Um, I will give them some credit for home, but I will not give them credit for set six home. Set six home is an <laughs> infinitely worse version of home than set five, five point five, especially. Five point five is insane. Yeah. Yeah, I actually think that that's the better way to do it. Generally, mm-hmm. I think that you should be able to get us like if you get a tome. You're essentially saying, okay, I need a, t- I need a rate for the board that I currently have. Mm-hmm. Set six definitely fails in that promise to make spatula interesting and influential on your board. Um, yep. That's also a different story because at the same time, you get a lot of spats out of your ordinance if you want them. Uh, yeah, 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 you do. Only you if do you get want a lot of emblems, a lot of hearts. Yeah, a yep. lot of emblems and hearts, like. There's way more roots into getting spatula in this set. So why the fuck would yeah. I take tome when in this set it's never it's barely ever giving me what I want unless I fill in these very specific requirements of having six separate units sure. with separate traits available. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going to pick they're not always going to pick the trait that I want. In fact, it very much feels like at the moment or at least, you know, cognitive bias, it doesn't ever really give you the one that you want. I'm sure there's yeah. thousands and hundreds of thousands of people out there that are like, bro, Tome's so good. It's, I it's get Chemtech com- chem- 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 every time. But it's a big... What's the word? Confirmation bias? Is that yeah. the one? It's, it is, it's certainly bias. confirmation yeah. bias to be like, oh, it sucks or, or it sucks for me. But what I what I mean is like the way that it currently exists in the game yep. is yeah. Our rock and chat brings up a really good example, like a really good point. Be able to be able to uh, receive an augment from creeps just feels like be able to receive what is essentially a gold level power augment creep round. That's pretty bad, right? Mm. Like you can just get tone from frogs instead of like, yeah. having to take it as your augment. So yeah, sure. It does feel bad. That's right. And so, realistically, I think that Tome is in a bad spot right now because I think that they tried to they tried to nerf its usefulness basically by giving it more stricter conditions for it to work in. Um, but it doesn't. I mean, I'm not a big fan. Realistically, let's say that. Dapla, what are you? What's your overall sort of opinions on Spat and how it's been implemented in the, in the most recent set. Um, I don't know. I feel like all the spatulas, like all the trade spatulas this set have kind of been overshadowed a little by the whole augment system. Like, like I was just thinking like throughout the conversations, like spatulas from old sets, which I like heavily enjoyed using was like the dust bat gin, the dust bat cane, like those, those didn't. Ha- those weren't like transformative in the sense that they became different champions, but they were transformative in the sense they gave them a lot more power in a different way. Um, but then, like, I'm just thinking about like, well, how come Arcanist Bat doesn't feel like that? Because Arcanist Bat mm. is essentially the same thing, right? Like, Arcanist units mm. get more AP than the rest of the team. It's a, it's almost a copy of the trait, but it doesn't feel any better. And I'm not like entirely sure why it is like that, other than the only thing I can think of is that you just end up 
having the ability to get those spatulas or traits through augments that it doesn't feel any more special and also combined with the fact that like it was really the champion that made the spatula if that makes sense like the, the champions were so cool and they had like these like crazy like ways they could scale that it made the spatulas better but there's nothing like that like outstanding in this that i can think of like like when you think about like demo um Aurelian soul or protector Aurelian soul like that's because like the way he generated mana was so different and so cool uh i mean so unique that those spatulas worked better on that champion like and then you think about like the mage swain example like he got like so much ridiculously stronger uh that it felt really good putting the spatula on him and then like those are the fun moments but it also becomes like the like oh well then if you have this bat you should go for this champion it's like it doesn't doesn't really work on anybody else so it's 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 really hard to balance that as well i i just think like like there's like oh maybe they can give us more spats and then we can experiment more. But then if they give us more spats and like the game gets in a weird state, then it's like oh well maybe if they give us less spats, it won't feel as bad to get a spat or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's a it's an odd spot, I would say. Not really like sure how to deal with it. Maybe it's it also feels like a reasonable problem in this set where, like you can definitely tell that there's maybe. Again, personal opinion. There's probably two spats that feel really good to sort of like splash on the big cool legendaries that do cool stuff. Like Chemtech's really cool to splash on the things, give things health regeneration, attack speed, like stays alive longer. It's cool to add like mutant to your late game carries. Maybe they get like execute on, I don't know, Yone or whatever it may be. If you're playing Kaiser already or you get bonus health and damage on Galio. Uh, the the Mutant Prismatic, shout out to that one. That one's particularly fun, where they give you two mutant stats. That yeah. one's actually really fun. <laughs> <Yep. But> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really boring, the rest of the spats, to be honest. The rest are really boring, yeah. And, it, and that also links into the fact that there's like not a significant amount of innovation in the units in this set. Mm -hmm. They like don't, like aside from the, some of the five costs, which are really cool, like Tom Kench, like Chemtech Tom, really cool. Like he just stays alive forever and eats like a billion things. Um, there's not a lot of reason to like add spatula to your to your board. Yeah, like and, you're uh, always the most disappointed when your gold all drops to a spat. You're like, ah, oh, that could have been two four costs. Yeah. Oh, that could have been mm. Oh, that could have been Nico. Ah, oh, that could have been literally anything other than spat. Yeah, and also like the problem with tome versus spat is that when you get a spat drop, you have to go out of your way to fix the spat. Mm. Like, and it's it's yeah. it's also like more awkward when some of the spat items are core components for that spat comp, which is like oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. challengers. Like you want bow to make a a challenger spat, but you want bow because it makes challenges better. Mm -hmm. Um, or like the challenges have core items which revolve around bow. But when you get the tome, you have the trait straight up. It's like, you know, that's instant power. Or or whenever you use it. Like it could be instant power. Like it feels better. Um Yeah, it's it's a it's an odd it's an odd ball. 
Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. I, I think the more daring they are with the units, and the more daring they are with the traits, the better off it'll be, basically. Uh, the spatula will be. Because how cool is, like, how cool is Demolitionist, you know? Oh, the ability <laughs> how to cool is Demolitionist? Like, it's lit. It is cool, like, don't get me wrong, obviously it's yeah. broken, but it is fucking yeah. cool, man. Like, it's so cool. Like, yeah, um, let's not talk about this, man. <laughs> I like, I like uh, I actually Cavalier. like how it's fast. Oh, I like how, yeah. When, when it wasn't <laughs> broken, then sure. Yeah, kind like Yasuo and Jax was very satisfying. Yeah, why not? Why yeah, not? why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, why not? Why not, I guess. Um... So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think there's definitely a lot they can do to balance out Spatula. Um, sure. I think it starts with the units more so than anything. The units and the, the actual traits themselves, there can be a sort of a, a change made there. The more, um, yeah, I would say right now, they're probably a little hesitant to make something like extremely cool. That like a trait yeah. that gives you like stuns and bone and like significant bonuses or, or whatever because they're just worried like oh mm. there's gonna be like three champions that abuse that spatula really badly yeah yeah it's it's hard right that's the thing i really feel i really feel for them on this like specific issue because like on the one hand you know we we don't really want to play a game with like boring spats but on the other hand like how many broken comps in the past have been because of a specific spatula being abused like a lot right so it's it's hard it's really hard i think so, yeah. I'm going to pretend I have the answers. Like, <laughs> another consideration is that, like, spatula takes up one of the item slots, so you have to weigh up whether the spatula... Or, or, whether oh, oh, oh it, it, it doesn't anymore. That, that's changed, that's changed. It, it actually doesn't anymore. So spat, spat is, like, completely, like, a bonus item now, actually. It, it did use... Oh, no, 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 I mean, like, when you put a spatula on a unit, it takes up one of the three item slots. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah. okay, that's what you meant. Okay, no, I, know, I, I thought know, you meant, yeah. like... Uh, I thought you meant that was like one of your twelve components. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Um, sorry you keep going. That's okay. Um, <laughs> like Dualist yeah, Kale was stronger than yeah. putting your last bow item on Kale because the trait was stronger. But mm -hmm. if not all the spats are like, well, if not all the stats spats are like that, then it doesn't. Then it's like, why would you ever put it on, right? Yep. So it's sure. it, yeah, another. Dual scale is a good example. <laughs> Dual scale is also so like hard. that one. That one, see, that one was good because the stat felt good on on Kale. Yeah, and like mm. the like the blade bosses spats, like the dust spats, but yeah. some of them, like I don't think Imperial is that great. Is what I would say. No, Imperial is a good example because oh, Imperial spat is literally just like seventy five percent damage if that unit is like a torrent. Like eh. yeah, yeah, and then you. The, the, I think that problem is just with Imperial as well because you need to run two other Imperial units. It's, it's not only that, it's like how bad um, chase like chase spatulas feel in a lot of ways. Like yep. mm -hmm. Scholar. Oh, wait. Um, wait, so Scholar's actually broken. Oh, do you guys want to know some dark technology? Okay. Uh, it, this, this is not in the questions I have listed uh, that it's like, going to be covered, but this was in the later two hour like, the later 12 section of the FAQ. Okay, okay, this is really interesting. You guys want to, like, I don't know if you guys know about this. Okay, this is going to be a real big PMOG moment, okay? So, 
the way mana gain currently works, okay, on units, uh, mana lock, okay? Oh, yeah. So, I yeah, do you, you, know, you know this one? Okay, okay. I... So basically, yeah, when a unit mana locks, okay, if other sources cause it to gain mana while mana locked, once the unit's finished being mana locked, it will immediately have that mana available. Six all is broken because it causes the mana to, like, overflow, if that makes sense. But even just in general, so for example, right, if you have an Urgot, right, and you're gaining a bunch of mana in the background while he's casting his ultimate, as soon as he's done, he will just get that mana back immediately and probably immediately, oh, like, insta cast again. And yes, this is a bug. <laughs> yeah, absolutely a bug. You ever see, like, the Urgot second cast? Like, that did not feel like it cost 50 mana to get that second yeah. cast. Something's <laughs> off. Like, yeah. it's, like the, it's like the, um, the, oh, what's that movie called? With the, um, the superhero family? Or with the, it's like the, Incredibles? Yeah, the Incredibles, and then the teacher did that like offer, so it's just like coincidence. I think not. It's like I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it's you were... like so. It's like it's actually like so good because he just yeah. cast. I thought yeah. you were talking about that um Trist the Tristana three with mutants bad and blue buff that caught the Clamor ults. Oh yeah, um, mana mutant. Oh if you have, yeah, yeah. If you have mutant spat blue yep, buff yep, Tristana. Yep. It, it Clamor ults. So just yeah, nothing yeah, can yeah, get not... near it. That's funny. Anyway, yeah, I, that's cool. I, I, so I, I Sith Scholar this. is bugged at the moment. That's cool. <laughs> I, I did learn this from Mortal Gaming. Like, I didn't know that before I listened to Mortal Gaming, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually bugged. It's, it's kind of mm. yikes. It's actually fun <laughs> learning about bugs, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's move Back on, on shall we? we got a few more questions. Yep. Uh, you want to read it, or do you want me to do it? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy to go. I did just lose it for a second, so I'm getting it back. Okay, okay, okay. Back. I wasn't sure because of the pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um... Legendaries... Legendaries. We actually sort of touched on this a little bit in the last couple of questions. Yeah. Um, Mort Dog was asked about, like, uh, the disappearance of the flashy, amazing legendary. Like, the legendary yeah. that does the super cool stuff that absolutely, uh, unbelievably changes the, um the course of a fight with its incredible ability and like why they decided to get rid of these like really memorable things um so do you want to talk yeah. us through more more dancer uh okay i'm like entirely on what's like sound of this answer that like i have no clue what like the guy asking this question is all about because like <laughs> the legendaries is set like six absolutely feel like legendaries i think maybe they just have ptsd from set five where the legendaries were like all pretty bad I, like this set, the legendaries absolutely feel like real legendaries, right? I like, I think like Mort specifically, like, and that's that's okay for the record. That's basically what Mort said. Like Mort was basically like, yeah, I, 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 Akali literally just like, an assassin that like jumps all over the place and just like executes like everything. Like a, a freaking, a, you know, with the rocket launcher that just dives in off a massive rocket, like like she dives in on a big explosion, shoots everything with the rockets. Like, you know, Kaisa, Yumi. The most boring legendary is probably Jace. And even Jace, I feel like, has a lot yeah. of play to it. Because he can be a frontliner and a backliner. Yeah. And Jace is arguably the most boring legendary in the set. And I think even Jace is, like, fine. I, I, I don't know. On this one, like, I feel like the legendary is, like, fine where it's at. You guys' thoughts? I'm going to say Yumi's the most boring before I let Dapla go for this one. <laughs> I think Yumi's pretty boring. I mean, that um, makes sense. Because, yeah. Like, least impact. Or, well, like... Least carry like that's still very impactful. Yeah, I think the guy is like clearly confused by what he wants out of a legendary. The guy that asked this question, yeah, because yeah. so many of the legendaries are like really cool in this set. 
It's not to say that some of them aren't like broken beyond belief, but they are really cool. Yep. Jace changing his entire playstyle based on when you yeah. put him on the board yeah, is like some yeah, fucking like cool, cool shit. Isn't that cool? Like, it's fucking bro, awesome. Like, Tom Kench literally yeah. eats dudes and gives you an item for it if he kills yeah, them. Yeah, like, uh, man, it's like, well, okay. Well, that's some fucking sick ass shit, bro. Like, 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 what legendary shows up in the shop in this set and you're just like, oh, I don't want this, I don't want this unit. Like,. Yeah, right now it's actually Jinx, but like, for the most part, right? Galio like, when I'm playing Urgot. That's it. That's the only yeah. time I'm like, Ugh. Okay, but, okay, but I, I do want to bring up this point, though, that I think is really interesting for discussion, which is like, I don't I don't understand what people want, because right now, like, we're in a 5 plus meta, and all I see is people complaining about, like, 1 star 5 cost. I'm just like, I don't get it. Because I'm pretty sure these people complaining about it are the same people who are like, Oh, 5 costs are boring. Oh, I'm so unexcited when I see a 5 cost in my shop. Why are they so bad? Yeah? You guys, you guys are stealing? <laughs> yeah, I love that Legendary's cool. Like, and good. Apple? They're, they're probably the most unique they've ever been in this set. Like, uh, like not a lot of my IRL friends play um, TFT, but like, when I was like reading the leaks and like reading what their abilities do, I was just like, I was like talking to our friends, like, bro, you gotta play TFT. Like, they have a Kali, she's dashing around, <laughs> she's doing like infinite, like, she's going like zoom yeah. zoom, like, like I know you play a Kali League, like you gotta try this, you know. It's like, damn. <laughs> and uh, then like, like, even like Jinx is pretty unique. Like I don't know uh, if anyone knows, but Jinx also hits her own allies. Like she yeah, Jinx hits her own allies. Yeah, so that one's pretty funny. Like, like even like that subtlety is pretty unique. Like mm -hmm. Jace switching forms, like we've never had that. I don't think. No, not a unit that like switches forms. Hang on, yeah, no. Yeah. Like even Kaisa becoming like the super hyper carry, like. With, like just like infinite missiles coming out, like that's like that's cool. Like they all fulfill like a certain fantasy. Like even Vigar, like the way you get to Vigar is so unique. Like, like five costs basically allow the TFT team to make whatever the heck they want. Like four costs have to be a specific thing, hmm. where um, like four costs have to be consistent. They have to be carry like or some of them have to be carry like some of them have to be tank like they have to be they have to fulfill a certain role but five plus mm -hmm. you just like send it you know it's like yeah. have this kench eat some things i got a free item it's lit you know sure so yeah i really enjoy the five class i i also agree with Mort and disagree with the viewer i don't know what they were saying like i was like listening to questions like yeah i I need to pull it back a little bit though. I, I do actually really want to. I do actually kind of want to ask you guys, like, what do you guys think about like the sort of health of this five cost carry zone in general? I think I think we can all agree that like a two star five cost should probably be like a pretty freaking good unit, right? And that like, it should probably be enough. Like a fully stacked two cost five two star five cost carry should probably be enough to win the game. But like, how do you guys feel about like a one star fully stacked five cost carry being enough to like top four, like order top four, and sometimes even like top three, top two lobby? And maybe even win, depending on how strong all the years. Because that is the current state of the game that we're in, right? So, yeah. There should... If they're going to make 1 star 5 costs good, they should make all of the 1 star 5 costs really good. That's kind of where we're at, though, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and that's fine. That's that's a better yeah. place to be than... I'll use set 5.5 in an example, where, like, Heimerdinger was really overpowered and the rest yeah, of the 5 yeah, costs yeah, yeah. sucked. The rest of the trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it was just, everybody just goes for that one thing. Whereas now, if yeah, you see a guy that yeah. hits Kaiser at 4-2, you're like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm gonna go look for Victor now instead, or I'm going to go look mm -hmm. for Akali, 
Well, I'm going to go and look for Jin 2 plus, like, I'll grab a Jason and Yumi on my way down. Or, yeah. oh shit, I found two Galio. Like, maybe I can do this yeah. or this. Like, the impact of the, the legendaries should be impactful as long as they're all good. And at the moment, they are all good. I think they're so, all good. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Sure, yeah. you could turn tone Kaiser down a little bit. Like, surely that's like reasonable to say. But what the fuck do you want out of a legendary man? They're supposed to be good. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, I think like I think that you brought up a really good point, right? I think that this patch would feel so much worse to play if like Victor and Akali. If you couldn't flex it to Victor Akali when you're going yeah. for Kaiser, I think yeah. because you can flex it to Victor Akali, it actually feels like. Very rewarding to play because like the board variations are slightly different every time, like different, and the other two carries have their own nuances as well when it comes to itemization and everything else, right? I think if it was just a Kaiser lottery, it'd be pretty like it would feel really bad to play it, but I, I don't even think that a game is just a Kaiser lottery right now. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's cool. Quite yeah. It's like set three. Set three was like all the legendaries like in their own way were really good. Good. So it's like yeah. oh, you didn't feel you didn't feel bad when you found one. Like, yeah, for sure. you know, it, it's really important that they all feel pretty good. And right now, they all do feel pretty good. Sure, Kaiser is a little overpowered. That's fine. Yep. If everybody can agree that Kaiser needs a little bit of a nerf, that's okay. But don't just fucking gut Kaiser and assume that the problem's yeah, going to sure. be fixed. Because eventually, it'll just be like, okay, now I'm yep. just rolling for Victor. Oh, Victor's too good. Oh, okay, we nerfed Victor. Oh, man, now Akali's too good. And then just, if they keep doing that, over and over again, then you're not going to get any interesting, like, yeah, five-cost sure. medals at all, because you're just going to slowly gut all of the cool champions in the game. Yeah. If anything, I would say, buff the, sorry, you, buff you, the you, bad you. units, you know? Like, buff the units that aren't performing well enough. Like, make a three-cost carry viable so some guy can't go level eight at 4-2 with 75 health every game. Like, or, or 90 health, you know? Like, they're not losing because everybody's boards aren't punishing them. So make it vi- you know, make it more viable to do more damage early game. Like p- punish these people that are literally just sitting around waiting to get these cool carries. That's that's a better way to play the game, and that should be a better way to nerf it, nerf the sure. units as well. I will say that I think like this specific fast eight meta uh, compared to like previous ones has like one of the things that I've liked more compared to previous ones is that like it's not so binary that like you're just you just play for like a two star forecast and then ball goes enough to like top for you if that makes sense and i think the game's like i think like fast eight minutes in particular can get really stale when like the game is literally just like like econ until like four two like four three four five roll for like two star forecast and then boom top four right like the fact that like you can actually like you actually have to like think about like playing like legendaries like as your carry instead of just like a forecast actually makes it so that like and, and, and forecasts are still good. That's the thing. Forecasts like are still good for sure, and you can like still top four with, with them as well. So I, I think that like that's made this patch a lot more fun to play compared to previous ones. I don't know if you guys like feel similar, but yeah, yeah. I think that one star five cost will always need to be good, like as a baseline. Yeah. They need they can't be bad at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you have those moments where you you do a roll down, like you have your four star. Was it four star two cost? No, four cost two star. No, yeah, four two cost star, two four star, cost. two star four, star four cost. cost. Yeah, and then you see a one star five cost, and then like no. for that for that like split second, you have to think about no. whether you can make the pivot. Like that is probably going yeah. to be like what Mort 
like really ideally wants. Like it's like when you had like the uh, the chosen mechanic, when mm-hmm. you saw a chosen, and then you had you you really considered whether you could make it work. Like that's probably mm-hmm. gonna be like the best thing that they could get out of sure. things like that. Uh, where they change your whole Absolutely. game plan. So, but but like having them be bad will never reinforce that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, agreed. All right, All right guys. So we, wanna... we got one more. Next question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. this will probably be our last one for the Mortal Gaming. Uh, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Do you? Mort was asked if he thinks that there's a way to incentivize players to be more innovative instead of like mm-hmm. taking comps from yeah. websites or online or basically like net decking. If we can use like a card yep. game term. That's actually a good way. That's actually a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was asked basically is there a way to stop people net decking and just like piling in on the stuff that's really broken for two weeks mm. and like being more innovative? Uh, Sol, do you want to talk about Mort's answer to this one? Because it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, so Mort's answer is that like, uh, I think what he said specifically was that if anyone can figure out a solution to this problem, that like they would essentially have the answers to a extremely successful game and that like that like the uh, the solution to like this issue would literally be worth like millions and millions and millions of dollars if that makes sense because for as long as like online gaming has existed this has been a problem right because like he like with with the with just how the internet works like people are gonna figure out like what's good really quickly and then that's always gonna spread like wildfire like no matter what and then sooner or later like you will always just end up in a scenario where like lower rated players are simply just emulating strategies that higher rated players are like doing to like do well, right? And this just sort of feeds a cycle where uh, it just keeps going, right? It just keeps like it keeps going down the pyramid, so to speak, right? Like it it always starts with like player A innovates at the very top, right? They they build a comp, they they figure out something that's really really OP. And then, and then player B sees this, figures out how to play it, and player B teaches players C, D, E, and then they then teach all the players down there, and it just keeps going down, and then everyone, like, the next thing you know, everyone on ladder is just forcing Katarina. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's sort of a, it's sort of an unavoidable problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dapla, what, what are your thoughts on, on this sort of thing? It's, yeah, ba- basically, oh, not, ba- not basically possible, but it's, like, near possible to have a solution for like if they do how to fix it they would already have the fix for it but you almost kind of need everything to be good which is yeah. a lot easier said than done like not even like that you need everything to be good you basically need an infinitely mm-hmm. number of things to be good because then you could be in a spot to experiment and then have a result which doesn't fail uh, which is i'd don't think it's gonna be how TFT will ever be. Like, um, it's just the reality of it. I do think that, like, apart from like obscenely broken stuff, like the the idea of people teaching other people comps, I think it's good uh, to share knowledge. To like, it, it sort of helps people innovate because you're finding new things that you probably wouldn't have done before. Um, like, I don't know, I don't think that they need to 
solve for that for the game to be successful. Or like the game is already successful and, and it's not a it's not a solved problem. So yeah. I think yeah, I think the way TFT is now is fine. They just need to keep doing what they they doing what they've done and like improving on it and they don't need to make it like completely um intuitive. I will say that the point of a competitive game is that everybody wants to know what the best thing is. Mm. Like, if you want to be better at this game and you don't go and look up what's good, it's like you're not really doing yourself the justice to be a better player. It's the same principle with card games. It's like, oh man, this card deck just won this huge tournament out of a thousand people and he did it by they not he sexist anyway continue on they they did it by um doing this and this and this like oh shit i can do that i just need to know exactly the cards that they've got and i'll do it sounds great i love that no worries just you know i'll copy the exact strategy i'll copy the exact points that they said were good and when to do it and then i'll win tft is different in the sense that every game of tft is so fundamentally different especially now because of the augments the idea of like straight copying what somebody does at every single one at one two and at three three and at four five is like totally unrealistic that you will never get the same game results as somebody else round to round game to game so how do you atone for that i actually think that it's a champion problem where dapla said that if everything was good they wouldn't actually have this issue because there wouldn't be this glut of singular information from the top down like katarina like oh, okay three people tell six people who tell 18 people and so on and so on and so on pyramid scheme pyramid scheme you know the, the, pyramid, the, the tft pyramid scheme where at the top there's just one guy who's been playing who's played three games of katarina and he's like this shit's fucking broken um <laughs> yeah and and it just it's like it just trickles down slowly and slowly but if katarina wasn't such a broken unit to begin with it wouldn't have got past like the 30th person you that, know that I mean? like stage of popularity yeah, yeah there's like a there's like a natural stopping point if the unit itself isn't blatantly overpowered that i think you have a raised hand like i sorry to cut you off there david like, no, I, no, say, no, like no, I don't even know if this is a uh like um i think it's like two sides of the same coin like like things that are popular on the internet were essentially what's innovative like like the, the first few players that played katarina probably were just like thinking like man like how has no one played this unit yet like this actually kind of slaps yeah. like this unit kind of does a lot of damage but they were probably like maybe they didn't optimize it or maybe they didn't like open for it the stage two and like they were just playing it because they they realized it was strong with um like specific items and they're probably like no one knew that Ionic was like a VAS because typically you don't put Ionic on your carry units because um, mm -hmm. you try to save the slots. And like, yes, yeah, like essentially Katarina was one of the, the innovative comps to begin with. It's just like, yeah. it just depends yeah. on like how many of those there are over the course of the game and like how strong they become during their phase of 
popularity, though. It's probably the, mm-hmm. the core of it. But yeah, if you wanted to continue on with that. Oh, I was going to say, I, I think part of the problem, and I'm not shaming anyone, although I kind of am, I'm not shaming anyone who plays the game like this, is that like there's always going to be a population of players who purely play the game by like emulating successful strategies. Like, they'll just be like, like, and they'll just be like, okay, what's like the most like popular cop right now that I can force? Oh, it's Katarina. Okay, I'm twenty twenty Katarina every single game. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's that population of players who just play the game like this. Like, like it's always just, what can I force? I'm gonna force this, and then it's like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that this is a wrong way to play the game. I'm just saying that like part of the issue and how these kind of metas get created is because there are players. Yeah. I don't really play the game. Play the game. They just pick a comp and play a comp. <laughs> that's, that's sort of the way to put it. And I'm not. Pe- I'm not picking on anybody. I, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that, like, you know, if you want to go ahead and force a comp, go for it. And there are pretty people who do this, who just pick a comp and force it every single patch. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is like. <laughs> We're now, what, a month into the set, basically? Like, six weeks even into the set? We're not going to see another Katarina for the rest of the set, really, are we? Oh, you never know. <laughs> you do know, you do. That's right, like, there have been certain instances, like, let's take Karzix, for example, where it took, like, a month, two months, three months before it was even understood that it was any good, and all of a sudden, like, it's just getting played. But it's very, very rare. I can't think of, like, a significant, many significant instances other than that over the course of TFT's lifetime where, like, with six weeks to go and an entire set, a new, a totally new, undiscovered, underplayed, secret, overpowered comp just becomes popular. And then all of a sudden it just, like, trickles down this whispers what, what, all the way you, down you know, to You know, Kaiser, Kaiser kind of, like, Kaiser Social was kind of like that, you know? Like, it was literally unplayed, like, before the patch. All it took was for the game to slow down, to be like, oh, wait. These units are broken, right? Like, who was playing Kaiser Sunshine like last match? Literally nobody, because he was just getting twenty dollars by cat. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's like a game yeah. systems thing. It's like the game will continue yeah. to change, so the units will continue to change. But once you know what all of the units do, if you're like someone that genuinely keeps up with the game to a relative degree, like you know the people listening to this understand what the TFT meta is, I imagine so on and so forth, you know, if you're like a, a high hip player, you know what all the units do and how they combine. So you're not going to be like surprised on ladder when you see like a unit paired with another unit uh, in a comp that like does well. You're not like, oh dude, what the hell was that? Now I have to go and do it. This is sort of more like for the, the, the uninitiated and it's just a problem that will always exist, no matter what, basically. You cannot change people's, like, desire to just not pay attention until they want to know what's good. Yeah, for sure. Because they, they'll eventually like, get nothing it. nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing yeah, exactly. wrong with that. So it's, it's not something that needs to be changed in TFT. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but, like, don't... It's a, it, yeah. Don't ship yeah. Katarina in that state, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 okay, well, you... you, you, you 
you need people to figure out the content though that like you yeah. weren't supposed to shift Hattery into that same thing and that's why you need that group of challenger people to play the game for six weeks yeah maybe maybe we can return to approve that challenger challenger playtest project and then we're chilling but you know yeah. before that it's not really their fault I feel like yeah exactly yeah. so I think that actually funnily enough to bring it sort of all full circle is actually a really good way to kind of fix some of the innate problems with TFT is to have people play the set for way longer than a week and a half when it's on PvE. Yep. So, sure. um, that's pretty much going to do it for our Mordog AMA Madness. I mean, there's another two and a half hours worth of Mordog content that we could cover at a later date. Uh, we have other things planned for the start of 2022, though, so uh, maybe we'll we'll do this again when Mordog does another AMA. But yeah. that's pretty much going to conclude. Uh, he said that he really enjoys the random, so... Hopefully there's a multi-com. That's good. So, pretty, I mean, guys, for anyone who's watching live uh, on the chat right now, please feel free to get in some questions if you've got them. But um, yeah. any any final thoughts from, from our lovely guest, Dapla? Um, TFT fun. No, uh, <laughs> on, a more, on a more serious note, like, I think we're lucky to have uh, such an open game designer lead oh. that we, like, like vi like visibly see essentially like we know like everybody basically knows who he is um and then we're also like like thinking about this on the balance notes we're also lucky to have two week patches or normally have two week patches um at the same time that we have shorter cycles for game content like with the sets so yeah i just this game is yeah this game is fun but for those reasons that i uh elaborated on not just because it's fun because it's fun but yeah winter's also fun because it's fun to be fair that is true that is true it's fun because it's fun guys that's gonna do it for this episode of, of the roll down uh thank you very much of course to our guest dappler but first of all i'd like to say a big thank you to my co-host my best friend uh my rock the only man that i've interacted with in the last seven days of home quarantine <laughs> Um, oh god Sol thank you very much for being here as always no and uh, happy end of 2021 by the next time I see you it'll be 2022 yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. same to you same to you same to everyone and yeah. uh, let the people know where they can find well. you uh, yeah I'm Sol underscore TFT on twitch.tv which is usually where you can find me uh, follow my twitter which is at the exact same handles uh, but other than that yeah that's pretty much me let's move on now Dappler Richard if you please Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me maybe on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash uh, where I might stream in the near future, potentially. Very up in the air. Or you can find me on Ladder, which is probably where you'll, you'll see me more often, around the 300 LP mark, because that's where I'm about to hit. Foggle? Nice. Foggle! <laughs> you can also find him... Uh in the the roll down podcast hub discord talking about tft sometimes he's actually in there quite a bit so yes. if you guys like chatting about tft you're more than welcome to join us in the discord guys my name is cutler this is broadcast live on my twitch twitch.tv slash cutler tft you can find me on twitter at cutler tft let's get the hell out of here guys thank you very much for joining me and uh, thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast stick around afterwards when i announce our plans for 2022 and who our next guest is going to be thank All you right. guys see you next yeah. time have a good new year see you guys <laughs>